Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. There's so much to get into the podcast this week. I mean, it's I, I would call this <laughs> our most jam-packed podcast ever. It's jam-packed. I mean, except for the fact that there is never any no, even no. basic reason to be doing this. Nope. Like I, I know what you're going for, but it seems it seems silly to say that there's so much to get to when really there's no reason that we're doing this at all. No, if we got if we didn't get to any of this stuff, it would do nothing. It would mean nothing. That's right. There'd be no difference. There literally nothing would change in America. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. But we still have so much to get to. So much to get to. Yes. Oh my god. I jam packed. We can't keep jabbering because we, it's there's so much to get to. And we're gonna start with, of course, the Tommy Fam update. Tommy Fam. Fly ball into deep right. Cardinal back. For those of you who listened last week, which of course is all of you, the official podcast player this year, pass it, taking Matt Caesar's cherished role, which is sad, right. sad to drop Matt Caesar. Um, but we love our Tommy fam for uh, a couple of reasons. But the main reason is we want to help Tommy fam have a 300, 400, 500 season, 300 batting average, 400 on base percentage, 500 slugging percentage, Tommy fam of the St. Louis Cardinals. Mike, where where does he stand? Where where are we with Tommy Pham? So we announced this last week that we were adopting him and we were rooting for him to to have that magic 300, 400, 500 line. And very briefly, the next night, I think he homered in like his second at bat and was up for a a second. He was above (laughs) the Pham line. We're calling this the Pham line instead of the Mendoza line. line. The Mendoza line is a 200 batting average. The Pham line is 300, 400, 500. So he was over that mark. Briefly, he has come back to earth a tiny bit heading into tonight's play. Okay. He's at 305, so 397. Wow. And then 497. So he's three. Basically, like, if he, like, doubled twice, I think he would he'd probably get over uh, both on base and slugging. Or, or, like, singled twice, maybe even. Well, he probably needs a single three times. But, like, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's very close. Four. He probably needs yeah. a two for four. Uh, to get over the on base, and then probably what three or four total bases yeah. to get above the the uh, the slugging. But That's he's so right. close; he's right on. He's right on the family. He's right there. It's in his sights. It's uh, it is achievable here on August twenty third. It's achievable for Tommy Pham. I will say here's a couple uh, and poking around. Uh, I love. I've I've learned some Tommy Pham trivia <laughs> data. Sure, <laughs> yes, very interesting. Some interesting little tidbits. First of all, this is by. A factor of essentially two, Tommy Pham's best year in the majors. Yeah. He's only oh, his yeah. first year. He was 26. Uh, the first year he came up, he had six at bats or something, or played in six games when he was 26. So he's really only been in the league for three years. This is by far the most games he's ever played already. Right. He's in 96 games. Uh, he had never played more than 78 in the previous two years. Last year he was a 226, 324, 440 hitter with a essentially a league average OPS. So like he's this is this guy is this is a true what you would call a breakout season breakout. for Tommy Pham. Yeah. Uh which is very exciting. I love that the, I love that he's our guy because I didn't quite realize how average he had been until now. <laughs> I also didn't realize he was 29. He's basically he's playing for one contract right now. Like he's right. playing he's probably only arb eligible for like he's our eligible for like another two years. He's so he's probably gonna hit free agency when he's thirty one or thirty two. This could be the thing that either makes him 
all of the money he'll ever need for the rest of his life, or he'll wash out of the league. So it's yes. the stakes are high, Joe, is what I'm saying. The stakes, I think they are <laughs> the stakes high. are very I high. Think yeah. Very high stakes. Yeah. Um, but also I learned about Tommy Pham. Uh, yes. he's from Vegas. Did you know wow. that? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind I of interesting. It's, he's from Las born in Las Vegas. He was drafted by the Cardinals in the in the sixteenth round of the draft eleven years ago. Wow. Two thousand he was drafted in two thousand six. So he was 18. He was drafted out of high school, I assume. Uh, and here he's been in the minors for he was in the minors for eight years. He scraped and scratched and clawed his way up to the big big leagues at age 27, basically. And now here he is on the verge of a 300, 400, 500 season. Very exciting. And, and the podcast uh, player, favorite player. I mean, that's that's. I mean, obviously a, a big honor for for Tommy Pham. Huge. Huge. I'll say two things about Tommy Pham. One is to to just sort of reaffirm what you're saying. He has career 5.6 war. That's his career war. His war this year is 4.2, right? So he basically was a he was he was nothing until this year. I mean, he really had not made any impact uh, on the big leagues at all. And now he really is having a fantastic 4.2 war in 96 games. That's that's a, that's big. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, pretty sensational. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing is, and I don't, I, I did not uh, follow up on this as much as I would have liked to, but but several uh, several of our uh, listeners, uh, all of our listeners, let's be honest, it was like three of them, um, pointed out that Tommy Pham is an advanced stats guy, that he is like a a guy who will occasionally retweet like a fan graph story or something. Oh, and, really? Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, it just makes, I mean... The choice was was a, it was a gut choice, right? You you would have to say we we chose Tommy Pham not after studying the depths of who Tommy Pham is. It was really more of a a gut choice, and yet it's sort of a it's like a Malcolm Gladwell blink thing that we That's ended right. up with the perfect player. The perfect we I would player. say we spent probably a total between the two of us of yeah. forty seconds thinking about Tommy Pham. <laughs> Total before we decided to make him the official player of the podcast. Yes, maybe yes. maybe fewer, maybe thirty seconds. I think he literally yeah. just came up, right? I mean, at some point you were like, "Hey, this guy's having a good year," and I'm like, well, I was, I was running, I was do, I was in the middle of our brand new segment, which uh, we will do again. Take, take a spin around the big. What was it called? <laughs> it's the mid summer, mid August. That's right. The check in, spin check in, around, August check in, in. Major League Baseball midsummer August check in. Check our in, new, right. very famous very segment. Famous. Uh, and and I was doing this. That's right. And this, that's how this all came up. Obviously, is we were discussing players who were 300, 400, 500, and he's he's almost there. Oh, and so now, and then just then you blink, and now he's suddenly he's the official uh, uh, player of the podcast. Do you feel like we should be? That this that should come with some kind of uh, award. Like, should there be a T-shirt for him and there, Matt Caesar? Should there be a trophy? What should they get as being the official player of the podcast? It's a really good question. It's a really really good question. Uh, what do we get for doing this? <laughs> that, that, they should get everything that we get at the at the least. I mean, that's a minute. No, there should be there should be an official podcast T-shirt. At least, uh, right? For, for the yeah. player, right? Of course, I'm sure we would be breaking like 7,000 laws to do that, right? Like, like you know, various MLB uh, rules and regulations or whatever. But I still feel like we should do it anyway. I mean, it here's, like what I would, here's what I would love. I would love for a young, uh, enterprising podcast listener out there. <laughs> 
to mock up using some kind of graphics program that I don't understand a what amounts to a Hall of Fame plaque, not an actual plaque, but like a, a graphic that looks a like graphic a plaque of a Hall of Fame. Plaque. Yeah. With the with like a 2016 inductee Matt Caesar, Matt Caesar, and with and then with some information about Matt Caesar underneath about like why he was chosen or whatever, and then for 2017, the 2017 podcast Hall of Fame adopted player class, whatever you want to call it, is Tommy Fam, <laughs> and then you, so you would have like so that the, and then we can tweet them out, and then we can, we'll have like a running thing where every year there's a player. By the way, we've been doing this for like nine years, and this is the <laughs> we've only got around to doing this last year. Uh, but that would be that would be great if we could have like a, a some kind of you could put it on your blog or something you know what I mean like we could have a there would be like a graphic yeah that no would no be, this yeah. is a done deal because first of all I we should say because we should always uh, thank our 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 most ingenious uh, listeners because remember like I don't know three or four podcasts ago we talked about how uh, Vlad Guerrero should be the new symbol for MLB like you know the 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 yeah the sort of and then, like, three people sent us versions of that, like actual versions with the ball, like, over his head and him swinging up at the – and it was, they're awesome. They're just, so, so, first of all, thank you for doing that. We should have done more with that. We did not because we're uh, – we just totally forgot about it. But um, – <laughs> which is really our best excuse for everything we do. Um, yes, if you, are, if, you, if you are interested in doing this sort of thing, uh, yes, we want Hall of Fame plaque type – like uh like a like an actual what looks like a hall of fame plaque but just a just a just a photo of it or or a graphic however you do it uh and we, yeah well, I'll put that up on the blog we'll tweet it out you'll become you'll become just as famous as we are um, <laughs> if not more so if not more so um I love it. I love it. Okay, look, I'm going to do because it's time to do to do the uh, the Volvo read. So I'm going to do the Volvo read really quick here. Great. Um, uh, after a dark, excuse me, after a long dark winter, every Swede looks forward to Midsommar, and now Volvo is giving America a reason to look forward to it too. Join us for our Midsommar sales event and get up to $4,500 off on select Volvo vehicles. Enjoy standard features like keyless entry, rear park assist camera, navigation system, and more. But hurry, summer doesn't last forever. Take advantage of this limited time offer today. Visit your local Volvo dealer for detail. Offer excludes all V90, XC90 momentum, and XC90 excellence. Standard features vary by model. See your dealer for details. All right, we are doing our mid-August, uh, what is it, a mid-August, mid-summer? Mid-August MLB, <laughs> MLB baseball check-in roundup. Roundup, which last week, of the, if, if, if again, if you were listening, Michael quizzed me on on just some a, a few I wouldn't call them uh, crazy stats but just like a few kind of interesting little baseball tidbits so I did the research this week which is I spent four seconds doing it um, so I have two basic questions for you and those will and those will feed off uh, into uh, uh, into into other things so here is the first question for you and I need a number for you from okay you. okay. How many baseball players in 2017, so we're dealing just just this season, how many players have had at least a 20-game hitting streak? Ooh. Ah, fun, right? I feel like, anecdotally, I have heard a lot less about hitting streaks yeah, sure this have. year than in past years. I feel like you just – I haven't – the other night, in fact, someone – 
like and, uh, Andrew Benintendi or someone had like got a hit and it was like he's now got a 12 game hitting streak and that made me think boy I haven't heard about any long hitting streaks I feel yeah. so I'm going to say it's a small number 20 games is a long hitting streak it's a pretty long I'm going to say streak. I'm going to say it's three people that's a that's an excellent excellent guess and and we'll lead into our answer uh which is zero people oh. zero players Look but at that but three players have 19 game hitting streaks. Currently? That's, that's, well, no, no, none are current. Oh, okay. I don't, I'm looking at it. No, none are current. In fact, all of them ended in July. So um, three players have, have, have done it. I'm, of course, I'm going to ask you who those three players are. I'm going to give you a hint. I'm not going to just do it. Two are great players, <laughs> like truly great baseball players. Okay. And one and one is is not at all a great baseball player. All um, right. So I can give you more. Um, no, but uh, you know, let's start with that. I'll okay. I'll guess. I'll make. I'm going to do very logical, obvious guesses here. I'm going to okay. pick uh, Jose Altuve, and oh. I will pick uh, and uh, I'll pick Joey Votto. Well, Altuve, fantastic, because that is correct. Altuve, Altuve had a 19-game hitting streak all in July. Basically, hit had a hit every every day in July. Hit 524 for that 19-game <laughs> hitting streak. He's the best. He's the best. the best. I feel like, okay, can I say something quickly? I feel like the official baseball logo should be two people. It should be Vlad Guerrero and Jose Altuve. Yes. And they should be, it should be back-to-back. Uh, I know they're both right-handed, <laughs> But somehow they should be back to back or something. And you, and you know, I think how tall was Vlad? Vlad was a pretty big guy. That's a pretty big guy. Well, he's six two, maybe. I mean, I I could be wrong about that. Well, anybody lo- will look big next to Altuve. But uh, those those two guys are the are like the the two kinds of hitters in the world, and uh, they should both be celebrated. They're both so oh so wonderful, just wonderful players. Um, Vlad was six three, so not bad. Not good. Go. close. Jose Altuve is good. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not Joey Votto, but it is another great player in the National League. Uh, Nolan Arenado. That's a good guess. No, it's not Nolan Arenado. <laughs> All right, give, give me one, one more. I'll give me one, one more. more guess. Um, well, almost almost any guess. Uh, almost anything I say to you will give it away. Um, probably the face of baseball. The face of baseball in the National League, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, yeah. Okay. Bryce Harper also had a fantastic July. He did it also. They started almost the same. They, uh, Harper started on the first, and, and Altuve on the second. The third one, I'm going to just give you the team, and I'm going to tell you what position he plays, and then we'll. <laughs> and I still won't get it. <laughs> no, I think you will get it, but I think most people would not. All right. Okay. He is a Kansas City Royal. Okay. And he plays, I mean, he's kind of played, he, he moves around a, a lot. I guess he's the most, <laughs> no, he did, because he's an outfielder and a, an infielder. He played mostly, he's a second baseman this year, but he's played like five or six positions. Oh, they have a guy, uh, they have a guy with an absurd name that I never <laughs> remember. That That's every right. time I see him, oh, I'll get it, uh, 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 Wit Merrifield. <laughs> it's Wit right? Merrifield, yes, excellent. Every time I see him. The only other wit I know is a, is the filmmaker Wit Stillman, and who 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 is like this incredibly patrician kind of like, 
uh, Protestant guy who makes these really like rarefied movies about wasps, basically. And every time I see the movie, the name Whit Merrifield, I think like that's a combination of like Whit Stillman and an actor who was in a Whit Stillman movie. Like <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what Whit Merrifield said. It sounds like a an, it sounds like a character in like a George Bernard Shaw play, doesn't it? Does. it? Like it it's absurd. Really does. I don't I know nothing about Whit Merrifield. I know what I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what ethnicity he is. I don't know anything about him except that he is named has an absurd wasp name. Well, I, I, here's the thing that I, I really like about Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield is, just, is is from the South, is that. That shouldn't surprise you. I think Whit Merrifield sounds like a very Southern name. He played at South Carolina. Um, but here's a, a, a fascinating little tidbit about Whit Merrifield. Uh, he went to Davie County High School, which is in Moxville, North Carolina. Moxville, M-O-C-K-A. That's that's not a real place. Like, <laughs> like, like Whit Merrifield, I live in North Carolina. I've never heard of Moxville. I don't believe. I'm looking at this guy now. I believe I understand what's happening. I believe that he is a actor who was hired to play <laughs> a, a, the role of a baseball player, and that he somehow accidentally made the team. <laughs> the team and had a 19 game hitting streak in May. So uh, excellent, excellent, uh, excellent g- uh, guessing on that. Uh, I'm now going to give you one more, uh, and this is going to be, I think the thing that I think is cooler, even than hitting streaks, is uh, longest uh, on-base streak, okay? Okay. Which we know, we know who the longest on-base streak is. We know who had it. Uh, However, uh, well, I'll I'll tell you what. Let's do it this way. Six players have had 30 game or more uh, on-base streaks. Six players. Uh, how many of them do you think you could just sort of name? Wait, six players in Major League Baseball history? No, 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 this year. This oh, year. this year. Oh. Yeah, 30 um, game. Yeah, and I would 30 say... 30 game on base. Well... I'd say I, two of them are MVP candidates, and then the others, we won't, uh, I'll, we'll just run through those. All right, uh, so six players. Well, Votto would be my first guess. That's right. Okay. He has the longest. Um, the longest there's something okay. about that that's kind of interesting. You gotta go. You just gotta do this purely on walks, like uh, guys who walk a lot. That's the only right. way to do this, I think. So, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Ooh, good guess. No, not Paul okay. Goldschmidt. Uh, he's in the American go. League. Uh, oh, the next one. The next one is in the American League. Mike Trout. Not Mike Trout. Well, not Mike Trout. No, no. One more um, guess. One more guess. MVP candidate in the American League. Uh, uh, well, that may be. Then I'll say Altuve again. Aaron Judge. Oh man! <laughs> See, this, you sneak attacked me here. This is a sneaky way to get me to either say the words Aaron Judge in a positive right, context right. or to surprise me with the fact that I didn't guess that it was Aaron Judge. Exactly. And, right. and, you know, and you, by the way, you saying MVP candidate a number of times—that is trolling. That was that was that's pure trolling. It's pure trolling. You know it's true though. Yeah. Uh, here are the others. By the way, the reason the thing that was interesting to me about Joey Votto is I knew Joey Votto. I'm like he obviously was the guy. He's he had a 36 game uh, on base streak. He had it in April and early May. Like I thought it would be like the most recent thing, right? Where he almost broke Ted Williams' record for most consecutive games of getting uh, on base twice. Right? That was he he almost set that streak. Uh, recently, but this was not. This had nothing to do with it. This was back in April when nobody was even talking about Joey Votto. Uh, he had a 36 game on base streak. What do you mean in April? No one ever talks about Joey Votto ever. 
<laughs> they don't talk about him in April. They don't talk That's about him in May point. or June or July or all. They don't. They'll never talk about Joey Votto until he leaves that team. I mean, it's it's absurd. Look what he's doing again. I know. I know. We talked about this last time, but his season. This might be his best season. I, I think it. I think it probably is. Right. Like well, it's he, right he, he already. He's, yeah, he's already walked 103 times. He's already hit 32 home runs. His career high is 37. His on-base percentage, he's going to be, by the way, 300. He's going to at least be 300, 450, 550. And he may be 300, 450, 600, which there can't be that many of those people in history. He has a 168 OPS plus. His OPS is 68% better than the league average. He's, I mean, it's, he's, he's ridiculous. And no one knows that he's there. No, no one knows that Joey Votto's alive. And he's in the middle. Yeah. Career OPS plus is one fifty eight. I mean, it's yeah. the guy does this every single year. Yes, and he and nobody cares. Nobody. Nobody cares. cares. He is going to when he retires. He is going to walk. He's going to be in the first player ever inducted into the Hall of Fame after one year. After one year, they're going to be like, <laughs> we don't need to bother anymore. We're just going to, of course, we'll just put Joey Votto in. And when the, when it happens. A large number of people aren't going to even know, aren't going to recognize the name. They're going to assume that he was some kind of executive who, like, helped the Braves get their new stadium or something. <laughs> who is this? What? Who yeah. is this guy? Yeah. yeah I, I, that is crazy. one thing. I mean, look, Joey Votto's going to the Hall of Fame. We've already talked about this. Uh, I am not looking forward to the, you know, I never thought of him as a Hall of Famer. I Oh, I'm not looking oh, forward yeah. to that. Yeah, that's bad. That's going to be bad. That's going to be so annoying. I'm all. I'm pre-annoyed. At how at how annoying the discussion is going to be around him. Oh, it's going to be the worst. The worst. All right, let me tell you the six guys. Uh, Joey Votto had a 36 game on base streak. Eduardo Nunez, who I would not have picked, hey. uh, had a 33 gamer. Um, Aaron Judge, a 32 gamer. Zach Cozart with a 32 gamer. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who we talked a little bit about last week, mm-hmm. uh, having a fantastic year that nobody is noticing. Uh, 32 gamer, and then one of my favorites, one of my fa- a guy who would have been a nominee for podcast uh, player uh, favorite player, Tyler Flowers. Uh, who oh I just, yeah, big fan, big big fan. Spent like an hour uh, just talking baseball with Tyler Tyler Flowers not that long ago. What a oh, love the guy, love him. So, all right, so that's our what is it? August mid August mid summer <laughs> baseball check in. <laughs> Stat roundup. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. All right. We are going to go on to some uh, Twitter reader questions. I told you it's a it's a jam-packed uh, podcast. Uh, however, uh, before we do that, I think there's something very important that we need to discuss. And this is well, – I was going to talk to you a little bit about it off the air uh, because it's it's very uh, sensitive and, and I understand that. But I, I think our, our podcast listeners should be in on this conversation. Um when when are you when are you when are you leaving the Patriots and and just becoming a Browns fan? When is that happening? It's okay, time. so so this is what I'm prepared to say today, today <laughs> Wednesday, uh, August twenty third, twenty seventeen. Okay. I've thought about this a lot. I've done a lot of soul searching. I cannot leave any of the teams that I root for. I just can't. Wow. It's not going to happen. It's it's impossible. Unless like even it, I I'm I'm in it for life. Ride or die. That's just the deal with the uh, the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Celtics, 
uh, and I don't know. I guess Michigan football will be the fourth. That, those are my four teams. So I was born Bruins, in Bruins. Not the, the Bruins don't care about I, hockey. I've never, I've never cared about hockey enough to to have a, a to feel like I have an emotional attachment toward the Bruins. Sure. Um, so I wouldn't put them in the same category. However, I will. I am prepared to announce today, <laughs> Wednesday, August twenty third, two thousand seventeen. That I will this year consider myself a Browns fan. There we that go. I will, I will follow the go. team. I'm going to root for the team. I will follow their insane transactions I, uh, <laughs> very closely. I will. Uh, I'll be. I, I will. I mean, they're ne- the problem is I don't have the uh, football package because I gave it up out of protest uh, yes. to the league. So I don't. I can't. And they're never. The Browns are never ever on national television no no <laughs> never. Never, never well every so often they'll put them like on a thursday night game where they yes. will lose like by having a blocked field goal return for a touchdown you know right. that kind of thing. they have to play the rules are they have to play one thursday night game a year and all of those games are televised and there will probably be at some point a day where they play either the chargers or the rams or the raiders or some team out here that allows me to watch them uh, so I, but, but when I can watch them, I will watch them and I'll, I will root for them. Uh, I, I don't even know. I don't know how many, I think I could name. I don't, I, I, I was trying to think of how many Browns I could name and yes. it's a very small number, especially because the few that I knew, most of them are gone. Like Terrell Pryor Jr. is gone, right? He's he is gone. not on the team anymore. Yeah. And then they have Brock Osweiler, but now they're going to maybe trade Brock Osweiler. Or get rid of him. Or don't get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not, so I have to do – so allow me, if you would, a week, a solid week to do some Browns fandom research. Sure. Where sure. I try to get to know the team – to look at their schedule, maybe circle some games, you know, that I think are winnable, get into the spirit of this. And then a week, maybe in a week or maybe the week before uh, open for before a uh, kickoff, uh, the last podcast we do before the first Sunday of the season, maybe we'll have a, we'll make some Brown. We'll have a special Brown prediction <laughs> segment where we make predictions based on the, on the Browns and, and how we feel like they're going to do this year. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Obviously you're going to read, the weekly Browns diary. I mean, obviously. That's, oh, of course. Uh, yeah, that's I would actually love to contribute. If maybe I can, maybe there can be something called like Mike's Corner, where <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually given you a corner of this before. We've actually because we 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 do tend to um, to exchange texts during Browns games because uh, because who, who else are you going to tell that you're that you're yeah. watching a Browns game? Uh, I love it. I love it. But I but I in all we we have had this conversation before. You know, the Patriots are harder and harder to root for, aren't they? They are. They, oh, they are. so hard. Yeah, so hard. I mean, you have no for. choice. I mean, it's birthright, right? I mean, there's nothing you can do. But the the news that they gave Donald Trump a ring could not have pleased you. It wasn't the best I've ever felt <laughs> as a as a Patriots fan. It wasn't like a, a top. Wasn't like a top tier moment for me personally. Yes, uh, but you know, the Patriots fandom has. It's at least at the very least I can say I'm somewhat inured to things like that now, right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. that came out of nowhere. Like right. if you, in fact, if you had asked me, I was t- talking to a friend of mine who's also a Patriots fan, and he made a very good point, which is if if I asked you a week ago, do you think they gave Trump a Super Bowl ring? I would have said, yeah, they, of yeah, course they sure. did. Well, sure. Of course they did. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it it was not amazing for me personally, but it also wasn't like it came out of left field or something, you know. No, I do no, think I, it's funny though. Without without trying to drag the podcast too deep into the realm of of social or political commentary, I will say it's it's 
continues to amaze me that Kaepernick it doesn't have a job. Colin Kaepernick is still just waiting. A guy who's good enough to be a starting quarterback in, in football is still doesn't have a job. And people are like, well, you know, his he spoke out in his beliefs, and that kind of probably hurt him. There was an article about it on ESPN today. And meanwhile, Tom Brady openly endorsed the, a candidate for president who was a, himself a very divisive figure. And then when people, when people questioned him, Brady was like, well, I'm not going to talk about it. And so I was like, well, would that have worked for Kaepernick? What if Kaepernick, they've been like, why did you sit for the anthem? And you just, well, I'm not going to talk about it. It's not football. I somehow feel like that wouldn't have worked in the way that it worked for Tom Brady. That's just Probably, a hunch. Yeah, that's a pretty fair <laughs> hunch that would not have, have worked. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, I'm excited about this Browns thing. By the way, I'm also excited about this because I am about to uh, close the uh, the open uh, whatever file for that has Whit Merrifield's uh, baseball reference page on it. Great. Uh, and I just realized his nickname is Whitbird. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. And and what Whit Merrifield needs a nickname? Maybe his name is Whit Merrifield. That's it. Whitbird. They said no, no. Um, you know, Whit Merrifield's not. Whitbird. That's it's, it's not uh, it's not Protestant enough. It's not waspy enough. We, we, need, to, we need to add bird onto the end of it, like Lady Bird Johnson. <laughs> if it was Whitford Merrifield, that would be awesome. See, that oh, would be great. great. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We are going to go on to uh, our podcast uh, uh, reader questions, but first, <laughs> watch how smoothly I did this. We want to take a moment to tell you about the Cut Forecast. The Cut Forecast. <laughs> <laughs> the Cut Forecast is the podcast from the staff of MLB.com's Cut Four section, which focuses on the lighter side of baseball. It'll make you laugh, and you might even learn something about baseball dogs or ballpark food. Last week's episode debated Giancarlo Stanton's status among baseball's best and dreamiest players, then presented a few hypothetical inven inventions which would forever change baseball if someone could just figure out how to make them real. To listen to the podcast, search Cut Forecast, that's Cut, C-U-T, number four, C-A-S-T, in Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts, and click subscribe. And now, on with the show. Incredibly smooth. Just, it was smooth, uh, right? It was smooth. Silky, silky smooth, smooth on that read, it was, yeah. It was really... Smooth. No. Um, <laughs> and now on with the show. I, I do think that this should be the new uh, segment. Yes, I think that. The, and now on with the show, which is a line that's actually written down on this read for the cut forecast. Uh, no, to ad, be fair, to be fair to our producer, TJ, it is not written on this read. He, he I took thought it, it was. Out. No, no. He took it out of this read. Um, well, he, he put it in there like kind of as a joke at the end. Okay. But he didn't think I was really going to do it, but of course I am. I'm going to do it every time. So No, now you have to do it. Now the only, the only segue you should ever be allowed to make between any kind of sponsored content or ad co copy and the show is by saying, <laughs> I, here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to respond to you until I hear you say, and now on with the show. And now on That's with the show. That's like an activator that gets us to the point where we can talk again. I think it's because it is the first time and now on with the show has been used since when? Since like the, the uh, Lucky Strike Milton Berle <laughs> family comedy hour in 1931. 31. Yeah, I would say that's it. I would like to do it in that voice like that. And now on with the show, you know, that voice. I'd like to do that. But 
Yeah. Anyway, we are going to go on with the show. It is time for uh, we don't have a we should have a name for our our Twitter. We do questions. Whoa, it's we called <laughs> checking in with the podcast Twitter readers with Mike and Joe. <laughs> we, we can't call everything checking in. We can't do that. For every That's what we're doing. Aren't we checking in with them? We are checking in. Can't argue Can I with say, that. okay, so you put out on Twitter that you would like some questions for the thing. I, I would like to read verbatim my favorite exchange from the from the uh, uh, questions that came in. Okay. So you wrote, podcast recording tonight. Tweet in your questions for Ken Tremendous and me because, as you know, only we can answer your questions. Nice little funny joke. Enjoy yes. that. Okay. Uh, at... JP Porkchop wrote you and said, At Joe Posnanski, you picked San Francisco to be one of the NL wildcard teams during a past podcast. What do you have to say for yourself? And you responded, I wasn't right. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. No, it's wonderful because it to me was the essence of all. Uh, sort of windbaggy uh, sports <laughs> journalism like uh, predictions, right? That that's there's no other answer. The answer is I was wrong. I made a prediction and it was wrong. Which, by the way, is ninety five percent of all predictions 95%. made in all sports. Yes. Yeah. So like the the it's it's funny to respond to the kind of like well guess what you said this and then it turns out this other thing happened what do you how do you say about that well yeah that's right that's uh, i was wrong i was <laughs> I, you know i was yeah i was wrong that's I it wasn't I, right. Yeah, I wasn't I also, right yeah but i also i personally enjoyed the phrasing of it as i wasn't right instead of i was wrong there's something there's like it's 12 percent funnier to say i wasn't right yeah i think that's true i think that's true <laughs> All right, we got great questions this week. I, I great. don't know if we do or not, but here we go. <laughs> you haven't even read any of them. Chewbacca <laughs> wants to know, by the way, thumbs up to you, Chewbacca. Thumbs up to you, Chewbacca. Chewbacca oh, wants to know, what cheap food is so much better than the expensive version? Which I think is a, is a great Ooh. question. So we're asking the questions. I, they're the same food. In what kind of food is the cheaper version of the food better uh, than the expensive version of the food? I'll tell you one. Uh, counterintuitively, I would say chocolate. I think Ooh. that, like, I think I think your basic Hershey's chocolate bar tastes better than a super gourmet 72% cocoa bean purity whatever b BS that you get. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes if, you, if sometimes really high-end chocolate tastes really good, but very often... If you get like a really nice box of holiday chocolates or something, and I eat one, I my thought is I'd rather be eating like a Mister Good bar. You know? Yeah, I, I could see that chocolate. That's not a that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good choice. Um, the one I was thinking of is barbecue. It seems to me Ooh, that like yeah, yeah, the cheaper the barbecue. In fact, a, a friend of mine, well, you know him, Tommy Tomlinson, and I. Sure. Uh, are of the biggest belief. We this is one of our strongest sort of co-beliefs. If the if the if the window or whatever the sign doesn't have BBQ, like if it doesn't mm. if, if it spells it out, it, it no chance. <laughs> BBQ, uh, or, or else it has no chance uh, of being any good. So I think barbecue is my choice for uh, cheaper. But it's a it's a great question. It's a great I question. I can see that. Yeah, I would also say that in certain circumstances, not all circumstances. But in circum certain, certain circumstances, I would say the answer is like a cheeseburger. 
Like there is a there is a four dollar like cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's like a three dollar cheeseburger from from In and Out or something. Right. Sometimes is gonna be better than your like eighteen dollar highfalutin uh, cheeseburger at a gourmet uh, restaurant. I'm totally with you on that. I I think that's a hundred percent right. I think you go into a nice restaurant and order the burger. You never think, oh, this is better than an In and Out burger ever. Well, you might think like this is like uh, you know it's got it's like uh, and, yeah. Yeah, it's got like an Asiago cheese crisp or something and some kind of like pickled sautéed onion or whatever. But like ultimately for what I'm I'm now a vegetarian and have been for a long time, which yes. is a huge bummer. It's a bummer. Uh, but but in the old days when I would eat cheeseburgers, I would I usually found myself craving the cheapest possible yeah, cheeseburger. I think, I think that's a good choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Good question, though. I like that question. Really good question, uh, Chewbacca. Okay, um, <laughs> I've got like a, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine two questions uh, here. One is from Ken Raining, uh, who wants to know if we have any questions, any thoughts on uh, I don't know if it's Rise or Reese Hoskins, the the rookie uh, for the Phillies. Uh, any thoughts on his hot start? Is he our Aaron Judge? Okay, uh, this is from a Phillies fan. And then the other question is from Mia, who wants to know. How many good place points does one receive for remaining loyal to the Phillies asking for a friend? So basically what we're they're both the same question essentially, which is do the Phillies have any chance choice chance ever of being any good ever again? Uh, and I I don't know the answer that is yes to that. I don't think they're going to be good for a long time, yeah, right? I like I uh, I, I'll confess right away, uh, I don't know if uh, you work for Major League Baseball, so you probably uh, uh, know more about this than I do, but I, know, I don't have any idea who she's talking about, who this person's talking about. <laughs> Who's Rise Hopkins? He, I, don't, I literally don't, I've never heard this name before. Do you yeah, know? I, I do, well, I do, I do know. Just he, he's, a, he's a 20, I'm going to say 24 maybe, 24, 25-year-old rookie. It's R-H-Y-S. And he's got like five or six home runs in like the first couple of weeks in the big leagues. That's I so so that's all I know about him. Um, he's he's probably not your Aaron Judge, uh, pal. I, I as, just so you know, literally as we are talking, Reese Hopkins has doubled to left. Okay, and, and knocked in Freddie Galvis and Nick Williams, and the uh, the Phillies are up eight nothing over the Marlins. <laughs> so there you go. I, Reese Hopkins is two for three with five RBIs in this uh, game. <laughs> you know what? He is your Aaron Judge. He's he Aaron is. Judge. He's, you know what? He's better than Aaron Judge. You heard it here first. I'm saying it right now. Five years from now, people are going to be calling Aaron Judge a poor man's Reese Hoskins. I, I like that because I think that once you knew his name, uh, you pretty much knew everything you needed to know about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes good sense. Uh, how many good place uh, points does one get? Like We know they get a lot for being Browns fans. Uh, do Do... You yes. get a lot for being Philly, like sticking with the Phillies, because Philly fans, you know, they have kind of a history of being kind of mean. Okay, so in so uh, in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about here, the show that I work on called The Good Place, uh, the idea is that like life is like a video game where everything you do gives you a certain number of positive or negative points, and people who end their lives with the highest scores get to get admission to what amounts to good, heaven, the good place, right? So 
uh, and there was a joke in the pilot last year that like remaining loyal to the Cleveland Browns got you like a pretty good chunk of points. Uh, it was out of camera. It was like 650 points or something. It was awesome. So, but the idea behind that, that was basically a, a, a joke for Joe. <laughs> that, was, that was a tribute to Joe Posnanski. But, I, but the idea behind that was very uh, much about the idea of remaining loyal. I, th- yeah. I believe it, remaining loyal. My, I was very proud of my son recently because – you know the Clippers have had a, some tough times recently. They lost Chris Paul, and uh, the, and Do- there's a lot of front office intrigue. And you know it maybe seems like Doc isn't the best GM. And meanwhile, every other team in the West is getting better as they're getting worse. And by the way, every team now the teams in the East, the strong teams in the East, are also shuffling the pieces, and they seem to be getting stronger. So my fr- so my son was talking about next year and getting excited for basketball season. And he decided, he announced uh, that he is remaining loyal to the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Um, And the idea for him was, I don't care if, it doesn't matter to me that like, he he basically, it was the first moment where he had gotten annoyed with bandwagon jumpers because Mm. he's annoyed that everybody's a Warriors fan. And he was saying, I think it's going to be cool if I stay a Clippers fan. If someday the Clippers win the championship, it's going to be really cool that I rooted for them this whole time instead of just like become, becoming like a fan of the Warriors and that everybody is a fan of the Warriors. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. You're, <laughs> you're, truly, you're truly making me happy right now. And I, so I, the, the long, this is all a long way of saying that I think that remaining loyal to any team, especially in the team's darkest hours, uh, should get you uh, uh, many thousands of good place points. And I think I think it's a good thing. Everyone should do it. I do agree with that. I do agree. I, I think – and the Phillies, I mean, it's going to be a little while. It's going to be It's going to be a little while, I think. All right, Fry's Dog wants to know, will Mookie Betts ever win an MVP award, which I think is a great launching off point to discuss what the heck is going on with Mookie Betts. What is happening? It's- it's really uh, a problem. It's a problem in my life. And this yeah. is how good a life I have. That one of the biggest problems in my life is that Mookie Betts is underperforming. <laughs> now, all told, he's still like top 10 in war in the league because he plays such good defense. And he plays a huge right field yes. at Fenway and plays it incredibly well. And he's an excellent base runner. And when he steals bases, he never gets caught. So he's still having like a, a very – by war, he's having a very, very good year. But – and the basic things that by which you measure hitters at a glance, his batting average, his home runs, his slugging percentages on base percentage, he's down significantly from last year. Now, it might just be a sophomore slump. The league might have figured out how to pitch to him. He could be hiding an injury. Who knows? But he, it's like he, he took a large step back. His, his OPS is 100 points or more below what it was last year. That happens to be true of a number of players on the Red Sox team. I tweeted this out the other day, I think. Every single player on the, in the Red Sox starting lineup has a lower OPS plus than, the, than he did last year, which is that's, – that's very unlikely that that would happen. Now, in some cases, it's like Andrew Benintendi's OPS plus is seven points lower than it was right, last right. year. And by the end of the year, it might be the same or it might be higher or whatever. But a number of them are down significantly. Xander Bogarts, who's wrist, who got hit on the hand and hasn't been the same since – uh, he's way down. Mookie Betts is way down. Jackie Bradley Jr. is way down. He's now hurt again. Like there, there's like almost everybody. Essentially, everybody on the team is significantly worse. Twenty to twenty-five percent worse than they were last year, which is really weird. Um, anyway, as far as Mookie Betts winning an MVP, there's he will if he's healthy, he should be in the in the conversation basically every year that he ever plays for the rest of his life because he's yeah. so good. Right. He also happens, though, to play in a league 
where besides Mike Trout, who's should probably going to win the MVP again this year, <laughs> and if he isn't, he should or he would have if he hadn't gotten hurt, he's also got all of these guys, these Altuves and these Correas and these uh, you know, how many how many young players are in the Francisco Lindor, these guys who are really young, as young as Mookie Betts are younger and as good or better. So, uh, you know, the MVP is silly and it's, it should go away, but it won't. <laughs> but uh, I think the, the, the better question is instead of will he win, because winning is a little fluky. I think the question is, like, will he be an MVP caliber player? And I think. My hope and my assumption is that this year is the fluke and that long-term, every year of his career, he will be an MVP caliber player. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think he will. And I think I'll just – I'll go on the limb and say I think he'll win an MVP. I think he'll win one. Hey. Uh, but, but I mean, the reason I say that is he's such a good all-around player that your point is right. I mean, he's kind of a league average hitter this year. And and yet he's still an incredibly valuable player because he runs the bases, because he plays an incredible outfield and all those other things. So those things are he's going to do that for a while longer where he's going to be, you know, adding whatever two wins a year with all of these other things. And I think the bat's going to come back. I, I think the league adjusted to him and and uh, uh, and it's been a weird year in Boston, like you say. And, and I think I think this will end up being a fluke year. Uh, but you know, if he has a similar offensive year next year, then uh, you know we'll reevaluate. I, I might not be right about that, and and I would say I I, I wasn't right if if that happened. So. <laughs> now, before we move on, do you are you aware of what is happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right now? I am not aware of what's happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna risk uh, screwing with baseball tradition. And because it's still in superstition to tell you because it's fascinating and because as we continue to answer these questions we're going to be able to watch this play out in real time we are in the top of the ninth inning in pittsburgh in a game between the dodgers and the pirates at this point through eight innings rich hill is throwing a perfect game eight innings no base runners 10 strikeouts however it's nothing nothing <laughs> so <laughs> if the dodgers don't score chris taylor just singled if the dodgers don't score in this inning and Rich Hill retires. He's thrown 87 pitches. So if he retires the three uh, Pirates in order in the bottom of the ninth, we might have a Harvey Haddix situation wow. on our hands. Wow. We might have a Pedro Martinez 10-inning situation on our hands, which is so – I mean, of all of the things that can happen, it's one of the rarest things that's ever happened that a pitcher gets to take a no-hitter or a perfect game into extra innings. Yeah, it's well, it's very it's, exciting. It's really exciting. That's and it's Rich Hill, who is and it's Rich weird, Hill, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's had this incredibly weird season, and uh, yeah, the eight innings pitched, uh, nothing's uh, across the board, uh, ten yep. strikeouts. Wow, that's uh, so. The Corey Seager just grounded out, so we are now going to the bottom of the. By the way, the funny thing is, by the time this is up. And people are listening to it. They'll know. Um, everyone, everyone will know. <laughs> so there's we're, no actual we're drama make it here. Sound dramatic, and they're going to be like, "We've already." That's like. Yeah, we know. Uh, we've watched. We've. Yeah, this is. This was two days ago. We know everything that happened. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up and move on to the questions, please. All right. Very All right, serious question from Jonathan. Literally, that's what it says. Very serious question. If all right. relief pitchers were pitted against each other in a Hunger Games scenario. 
who would win? Ooh. Good question. Relief pitchers, because there's some monsters on that relief pitcher yeah. group. Because, I mean, like, my first thought would be Andrew Miller, but I don't think that's true, actually. I don't think Andrew – I mean, yeah. Andrew Miller, he's tall, but I, I don't think that Andrew Miller would, would stand up against some of the other uh, incredibly monstrous uh, people. Uh, who, I'm not uh, sure. Like my first instinct was Kenley Jansen, who's an yeah. enormous human being. Enormous human but being. I think for for Hunger Games, though, you might not want just size. You might want like kind of intensity, right? Well, do they get the arrows and stuff? Do they get to shoot? Like you know, do they get to be like Katniss and and actually you know fire you know actual weapons at each other? I'm gonna guess that the spirit of this question is more like it's not the actual bow and arrow competition right. what what they're basic what i think i believe the spirit of the question is basically every relief pitcher is like out in the wilderness needing to survive right right like who's right. just who's like the the most kind of intense like insane sort of like you know like it, like the answer to this is you know however 15 years ago might have been like billy wagner right. like just or, or like even like mike timlin who used to wear like red contact lenses because he was such a weird maniac. The answer for all pitchers, I would say, if you don't do relief pitchers, I would put my money on Max Scherzer. <laughs> did you see? <laughs> did you see the video where someone like they had an ex, like an extreme close up of him before he, but when he was like, you know, he was getting ready to pitch and he was like muttering <laughs> like yes. profane insults about the hitter to himself. Like that guy's a that guy's an animal. Like he's he great. seems like a really he seems like a perfectly nice guy when he's interviewed, but in this in the heat of competition, in the heat of battle, he is a monster. So I like if it were all pitchers, I would say it's Scherzer, but relief pitchers, uh, the perfect game's over. <laughs> that, Jordy Mercer. that could have ended more quickly right there. Oh, Jordy Jordy Mercer. Mercer. oh, oh it's an error. No, Logan Forsyth made an error. Oh, that's kind of he's never gonna live it down. If this ends up being a like a ten inning no hitter, Logan Forsyth is gonna never ever ever be able to get to forgive himself. Oh, Poor what God. a bummer. Poor Logan yeah. Forsyth. All right, here we go. Next question. Uh, is, okay, this is from Jordan. Is the Little League World Series overexposed? As a T-ball coach in Sioux Falls, I'm both excited at the possibility, yet nervous. Uh, as commissioner of your son's uh, Pony League team, is the Little League World Series overexposed? I have to say, I don't know how to judge whether it's overexposed. I have to say that I find it a little, uh, it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, it makes me a, a, like, it feels a little bit, I think it's like cool and cute that these kids get to be on TV yes. and that their highlights are on sports center. And the other night in the junior league, which I think is one level up from little league, that kid made an unbelievable oh my diving, tumbling catch over the center field fence. <laughs> and it's like the be one of the best catches I've ever seen at any level. And I think it's, I think it's cool. But also, like, these are 12- and 13-year-old kids, and, you know, baseball's a tough game, man, and there are losses, and it's embarrassing, and sometimes... The, the, the other day, uh, I woke up to that story. I could, my, my cat woke me up really early in the morning, and I went downstairs, and I was watching, like, looking at ESPN, and they had that incredible video of the Dominican-Venezuela game. Did you see that video? Uh, where I the, the I believe the Dominican team had a pitcher who had pitched great all-tournament, and then in the in the last inning, uh, he gave up like a two-run triple with like two outs, and oh. the Venezuelan team won. And this kid just collapsed on the mound and was just sobbing. And 
the Venezuelan coaches came over and like picked him up and hugged him. And then some of the Venezuelan players went over and they hugged him. And there were all these incredible quotes from these kids who were like, look, we're all Latinos and we're all there. They're our brothers. And and it was great. And, and we, you know, he pitched great all tournament. And then I read this other part of the story, which was that a lot of the Dominican team's parents couldn't make it to the game. So the Mexican team parents kind of adopted the Dominican team and they all bought like a bunch of Dominican clothes and flags and stuff. And they showed up and I like it's, you know, six. 12 in the morning and I'm sitting in my office just weeping right, <laughs> just right. like tears <laughs> tears just pouring down my face at this whole thing so like there it's these there these stories come out of that tournament that are so wonderful but at the same time like they're kids man they're they're really fragile you know little kids and I and it does make me a little bit nervous sometimes when it's like you're going to be on sports center and you're going to be on MLB tonight and whatever that that aspect of it does make me a little bit nervous just because like just because they're so young they're yeah. so young no i feel the same way i feel well there's there are two things i feel about it one is i feel that i just i'm so i want them all to succeed i mean you just don't i don't want to watch a 12 year old kid make the error that that costs you know the guy the perfect game i mean it's it's logan foresight fine but i don't want to watch a 12 year old kid do that and so i'm i am i i'm very edgy watching it like i like watching like highlights because like you they're not going to show that on highlights but like yeah. when you're watching it live i'm very edgy all right ian coleman wants to know very good question i think ian uh what kind of noodle wins the mvp for pasta i think it's very it's a it's a good question Ooh, mvp is interesting yeah yeah it's because uh... he's not asking what's the best pasta he said what's the mvp I, I and I a, a noodle popped into my head. And I don't know why, but I did have a gut reaction. Okay, my gut reaction was penne. <laughs> why? 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 Because. Penne? Okay, first of all, there is a problem with a lot of types of noodles, which is they're hard to eat, and penne is the, in my experience, the easiest noodle to eat. It it, it is the most efficiently picked up with a fork kind of noodle because you can slide you can, one of the tines right into the, the middle yeah. into the thing right yeah or you can and, but also the fact that they're hollow makes it easier to 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 pierce them i think and i find that a lot of the best dishes i eat a lot of the best pasta dishes i eat are are penne based so I, I, I feel like MVP, your inst one instinct is to say spaghetti, right? That's right. like the most, was, it's like the. Which is my instinct. Yeah, like that, the, I, and I get that. But I think that in a weird way, the answer isn't the most, the most common. Spaghetti is like the most common yeah, sure. to me. But I think the one that like provides the most value might be penne. Well, I, I, I. <laughs> I do. I, like, I was a hundred percent. I just want you to know, I was a hundred percent sincere when I was trying to tease that out. Like that was completely and utterly sincere that I was really trying to figure that out. And then the second I was done with it, I immediately was like, "What am I talking about? This is nonsense." Well, of course it is. Uh, I like I like a good penne pasta. I can't I can't argue. There's really almost no pasta I don't like. Really. Um, but I got to think spaghetti because spaghetti is the one for you talking about MVP. Spaghetti's the one that's there for you on a daily basis. Really you can 
put anything over spaghetti and and make a meal out of it. It's just it's the, it's it's every day. It's there every day. I think sometimes when it comes to sports, we just we look really hard for for an answer when Mike Trout's there for you all along. And, yeah, and but I, see, I don't think spaghetti is Mike Trout. I think what you're talking about is you're talking about the 2017 Dodgers. And what I'm saying is on the 2017 Dodgers, spaghetti is like Chase Utley. No, it's, it's like not. a solid, yes, it's like a solid performer that everybody likes it and it plays every day and it comes through in big situations and it's steady and you know it's going to play good defense and it's going to be like a good, like solid hitter. And I'm saying Penne is Justin Turner. Penne is like, you don't think of it right away, but then you look at, or, or Anthony Rendon. Penne on the Nationals is Anthony Rendon. You look at, you look at Penne and you're like, well, yeah, I, get, I know that Penne is good. But then you really dig in and you really study the facts and you see that, oh, my God, Anthony Rendon, Justin Turner, Penne, these things all have this, like, way, this deep wellspring of quality. I think spaghetti is, is Bryce Harper. I just think spaghetti is just it's I the, think that's crazy. It's the all you how can, can How is it possible though? Like spaghetti's it's common. That's the thing. It's, it's everywhere. Great. Well, it's everywhere because it's the most valuable pasta. If no, like I, it's not harder to make any other pasta. I mean, they could if they wanted to make like if they want if penne was as great as you say it is, it would become spaghetti. It would be the thing that's everywhere. I don't think that populist like a populist, like commonality, not commonality, commonness is in any way a measure of how, how like the quality of something. Like, I think it makes it the most valuable pasta, the MVP. All right. All right. All right. It's, it's um, a, we're going to the 10th inning. The no hitter is still intact. Still so intact. You know. Still intact. And he's going to, he's going to pitch the 10th. Yeah. He's only pitched. He's only thrown 95 pitches. 95. So he's got to be coming out there again. Now they need Curtis Granderson's leading off. They need, they need a dramatic home run to, to make this a 10-inning no-hitter. That would be so exciting. It would be exciting. And right now, readers or listeners are going, I, I know what happened. Yeah, we know. We know, <laughs> we know what happened. talking about it. <laughs> Jeff Harris wants to know, why do we still have to play? Why do we still have to press Control-Alt-Delete to log on to a Windows machine? Jeff, what Windows machine are you using? What when, yeah, what, when do you have to hit Control Alt Delete to log on? What is this? You have one from like 1991, Jeff. Invent. I mean, I've never, I've almost never used a Windows machine, so I barely even know what he's talking about. Wow. I will say though that I will say that the uh, that the key strokes on even on iOS are hard to remember sometimes. Like it's hard to remember what how to force quit something on a yeah. Mac. I can't yeah. remember whether it's Shift. Control I option. Was, I just go or up. Shift I just go up. up to the menu. Yeah, I, I, I've given up on even trying yeah. to guess that. Yeah. All right, Veronica Bars wants to know what is the best length of sock for daily use. Veronica, fine, question. <laughs> fine question, Veronica. Uh, the 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 best length for sock for daily use uh, is three inches over the ankle. That is that two to three inches over the ankle is the is the best length, Michael. Uh, that's insane what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to first take you here, but that's, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Real. No, I, I don't care. I, my, I think most of my socks are just above the ankle. I would say an inch above the ankle. Okay. Well, that's, we're, we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. We're the, that's, yeah. You know. My wife. But, but do you, do you pull your socks up or do no, you, no, no, do you no, bunch no, them down? No. I scrunch yeah. them down. I scrunch them down. Yeah. Yeah. It might be an inch. I, I don't know. An inch or two above the ankle. Uh, my wife insists 
the correct length for for uh, socks. You don't even see them. They don't even come out of the shoe, which you, you'll see. My wife has a similar. My yeah. wife's preference for men, at least for me, in summertime when you're wearing shorts, is that preference. Is that it, she get she uh, bought me a bunch of those little like basically slipper sock things that just that barely cover your foot. They're below the ankle, just over the heel, you know. And I gotta say, they're I, I I was I was very skeptical, but they're pretty comfortable. Right. Like I kind of like them. Yeah, they're they they. It's like you're not wearing a sock, except that you uh, it like your foot doesn't get all sweaty and gross like it would if you weren't actually wearing. Yeah, a no, sock. no, I I could see it. I could see it. I I I don't have that strong a feeling about it. Um, <laughs> you don't. But it's such a vital <laughs> issue facing our nation. Veronica says yes. Uh, we have uh we have to, well three more. We'll we'll do three all more. Right. One is is uh, just a basic answer. Kevin L uh, asked the question: Who created the one last meaningless thing theme song? I love it and want to look them up. Uh, Kevin, I'm a little worried uh, that uh, you know I don't know. Is Kevin a record producer? What do you think? Or, or I don't a stalker? know. I mean, I don't know. I, I assume record producer. I assume famous record producer. Famous record producer. <laughs> so I will tell you, it's Jesse Barber is the uh, is the uh, inventor creator songwriter did everything she did she did the whole thing uh super talented jesse barber uh doing our uh, one last meaningless thing uh song dan grenier wants us to uh i think america finally deserves a definitive ranking uh, of the days of the week if you can get on that we'd appreciate it thank you definitive ranking of days of the week go ahead wow uh all right in i uh, there's a very clear answer to what the worst day of the week is it's incredibly clear i hear i will hear no argument uh that that contradicts this do you know what i'm talking about what what do you say is the worst day of the week I, actually, right I, I have a worst day of the week that probably is not your worst day of the week oh my god there's there's a right answer to that question though <laughs> that's what i'm saying there is no other answer well, the what? worst day of the week. The worst day of the week is Tuesday. Yeah, straight I up. I totally agree with you. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. There's nothing good about Tuesday. Tuesday's not special. Horrible. Nothing is starting. Nothing's over. There's nothing. There's nothing good about Tuesday. Tuesday's it's absolutely, horrible. unquestionably, the worst day of the week. It is. So we it know is. that. Okay. So, so that's the worst. I so would say second worst. Seven. Yeah. Second worst is probably Monday, probably, right? I I'm not a big Wednesday guy either. I got to be honest with you. Here's the thing. I have, a, I, have a, I have an enjoyment of Wednesdays for a very specific and goofy reason, which is that in my in West Hartford, Connecticut, where I grew up in the public school system, Wednesday was the early dismissal day. So we got out instead okay. of getting out at whatever, 310, wow. Wednesday we got out at like 115 or whatever. And so Wednesday was like a fun, it was like this fun thing that happened at the end of every Wednesday that we got to like get early dismissal. So I've always kind of liked Wednesdays for that reason. That's obviously not a universal thing, well, no, but I was, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, uh, I'm okay with Monday as your second uh, worst. Then I would say Wednesdays. Then, Wednesday. then, I, then I think you probably go probably go in order almost you'd go so i, I would go to, in in ascending order i would go tuesday's the worst then monday then wednesday then probably thursday then friday and then either saturday or sunday and then the other one is the best probably. yeah i think i think that's right i the question to me the only real question in that group is is friday good enough to overtake either saturday or sunday because friday is a good day 
Friday's a good, Friday's it's a good all, day, but it's you're still working. You are working. You, know, you are working. You're still working, and and if you go out on Friday night, you're tired because you were working all day. You know, yeah. and I don't know. I I, I don't think it beats. I, I think the the fact is, think don't think about how your Friday ended. Think about how your Friday began, and it began with you having to wake up and go to work. That's the difference yeah, that's between true. Friday and Saturday. That's and true. The second half of Friday way better than the first half. I think Saturday is your number one day of the week. Sundays are the, the problem with Sundays have always been uh, post seven p.m. on Sundays, which is just like uh, it's it's practically Monday already. I mean, you're just it's it's there, it's in front of you. I remember when I was a kid, just being horrified every time I would hear that sixty minutes ticking. <laughs> oh yeah. That means you're, you're school starting that's basically. School starting, like, right. So that's, and yeah. that happens on Sunday. So, I mean, Sunday's still a great day. It's still the second best day of the week, but I think Saturday might be the best day of the week. My wife calls it the Sunday night blues. She just had, she gets the same feeling whether or not she's, you know, uh, going to work, going to school, like her whole life. It's been like Sunday night blues. Yeah, Sunday night I blues. get it. I will say though, the, the, the thing about Sunday is, and, and this again, it's, you know, your mileage may vary, but over the last 20 years, on Sunday night, you're talking about The Sopranos. Yeah, you're talking true. about Game that's of true. Thrones. You're talking about like the some of the very, very greatest TV shows happen once a week, and they happen on sun, Sunday nights. That's a great point. Uh, which is better than Saturday. Saturday doesn't offer you anything except the chance to go see an opening weekend movie in a really crowded theater, <laughs> which is not <laughs> ideal. So for that reason, I might I think I'd make Sunday the best day because I love... I, and I love the Sunday paper. Like, there's a lot of. I do like the Sunday. And it is it is always a little bittersweet because it's the weakest starting. But I I think I think Sunday has more to offer you qua a day than Saturday does. Right. Well, it's close. I I I think we're pretty much kind of surprisingly on the same on the same page. All right, we have time for two more very very quick questions. Uh, one is uh, Matt Stock wants to know, uh, and and I'm, the first half of this question we don't even need to answer. Uh, what is Michael's favorite piece of Joe's writing? You don't have to answer that. Uh, but the second part of the question is, and what is Joe's favorite acting performance of Michael's? Uh, I am going to answer that <laughs> question. <laughs> um, before we answer the question, Josh Harrison just ended the no-hitter, the shutout, and the game with oh. one swing of the bat. And every single person is just going, yeah, we know. Every <laughs> on Rich Hill's 99th pitch in the 10th inning, he gave up a solo home run to Josh Harrison. Wow. And the game, the game is over. The no hitter is over. The shutout is over. God, and he gets, he, a, had, he, he gets had, an L. The guy gets an, gets L. an L. That's very hard. Oh. Like very hard. It really is. Yeah. yeah. His game score went from one Oh four to 93 and one yeah, swing of the bat dropped right there. Um, my, my favorite performance of yours, without question. Uh, well, I, I take it back. There are two. There is the Saturday Night Live uh, performance where you were dragged out of the building uh, by your hair. Uh, sure. But which wrestler was that? I don't even remember. Uh, Triple H. Triple, Triple H. H. Sure. Yeah. But my favorite is, is definitely in the office as Moe's running alongside of the car. When the car <laughs> was. I thought that the fact that that did not win an Emmy is to me. Uh, sure, I was robbed. I you was were, robbed. You were, you were, you were robbed. All right. I can answer. I can answer the other half, though. The other, my favorite piece of your writing, I believe, is uh, at a time when uh, a couple of years ago, when a way for sort of somewhat ignorant 
sports writers uh, who w- wanted to criticize what they consider to be sort of nerdy, um, you know, advanced metric type baseball fans, they would always say the same thing about those people, which was that some some variation on your I, I'm out here watching baseball and living, breathing the game, and you guys are in your mom's basement. That was it's always it's like the worst cliche is like your mom's basement. You live in your mom's basement. Your mom's basement, and you wrote a, an, an entry on your blog. That was about your mom's basement. <laughs> and the basic point of it, as I remember it, is was my mom's basement was great. <laughs> it was wonderful. I, I, I read comic books and I, I looked at baseball cards and there was a TV and we had a pool table, whatever the details were of your actual mother's basement. And it was a really lovely piece of writing. And I remember thinking that is so much of so much better a way to counter the mom's basement type people than the way I've done it traditionally, which is to just yell at them and curse at them. <laughs> and to say, to say all sorts of unrepeatable, awful things uh, about how stupid they were. So uh, that, that to, to this day, I believe that's my favorite piece of writing that I've ever read of yours. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, our last uh, question is from Danny. Uh, Danny wants to know, and I think this is, this is how we have to end this because this is the greatest question. Who will finish second in the NL MVP voting behind Tommy Pham? I think think it's a great Great question. question. Who is going to finish? Great question. Who is going to finish second behind Tommy Pham? Uh, I mean, you have to assume. Well, let's see. You're. Is is no one on the? Is he going to come back enough to do this? Is he going to? Is he? Is he going to have enough? It's the same question with him and Trout. Is he going to? Is he going to have enough at bats? Enough whatever to 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 be there in the MVP voting? He probably deserves it, but the, but there's this other weird thing where a lot of weird teams are going to make the playoffs yes. uh, that 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 have guys on them who ordinarily would not be getting consideration for the MVP because their teams won't wouldn't make the playoffs. Right. Those teams specifically are the Diamondbacks and the and the Rockies. The Rockies, exactly. Charlie Blackman is oh should gosh. get some consideration. Charlie Blackman's having the craziest year. He's going to score 150 runs. He has this year. 115 runs already this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absurd. And by the way, Paul Goldschmidt, who is the Joey Votto of Arizona, in that every year he puts up these ridiculous numbers and no one knows he exists. Joey Votto's having arguably a better year than Bryce Harper. It's insane. And and he uh, and I mean, last year he had an off year. Um, Paul Goldschmidt did, and he had a, he had a 900 OPS. I was going to say, he had a great year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had 110 walks. He walks he walks 110 times a year. He's already walked 81 times this year. Uh, he is probably going to end the year with the best OPS of his career. And he, if his team, which they will, I believe, makes makes I the playoffs, they will. I think they will. I kind of feel yeah. like you might be looking at your. Uh, your MVP runner-up to Tommy Pham in Paul right. Goldschmidt. I think you're yeah. right. I think he is the leader in the clubhouse for all those reasons. I mean, look, he's a great player, and and you know he's finished second in the MVP voting before. Uh, he he puts up an MVP year basically every year. Um, yeah. But now he now he has that little storyline narrative to go along with it. So uh, yeah, I think that's I think he's your he's your Pham runner-up. I think that's fair. I think uh, now here's here's the crazy wild card. This will not happen. But in the right now, as we stand here, the Miami Marlins are five and a half games out of the wild card race, which is not impossible, not impossible. There are two teams in front of them. The Cardinals and the Brewers are both in front of them. Uh, But if Miami somehow gets super hot 
and makes the and, and gets a wild card berth, then the answer is Giancarlo Stanton, I right? Think that's right. Well, I yeah. mean, because you have to assume if they do make it, uh, he will have a, a fantastic September. I mean, that's right. You know, and that'll be close to sixty home runs, right? I mean, that's he has what forty. 46 now? 46 right yeah, now. And he's got yeah. four weeks, you know, five weeks left in the season, six weeks almost. You know, that's that's 55 to 60 home run type of he's got, Yeah, he's got he's got 35 or 40 games left. And so you're looking at he, he's going to score 120 runs. Yeah. He's going to hit close to 60 homers. He's going to have 125 RBI. He'll he'll be, you know, he if if he gets if he remains hot he could end up a 300, 400, 600 guy. I mean, he'll have close to a 400 total bases. I feel like if the Marlin and, and he is, he's a story in a way that Goldschmidt yes. and Arenado or Blackman or DJ LeMahieu are not stories, really. Right, right. So I feel like if the Marlins somehow make it or even get close, he's going to, he'll be there. But then, but your other options, I think, are Goldschmidt, Charlie Blackman, Arenado, those guys. And nobody's going to talk about Anthony Rendon. I mean, even though he's having a... No, sorry. MVP MVP type. (laughs) Sorry, it's not going to happen, yeah. Well, he, I feel like he and Harper split the Nationals vote, and uh, and all the Rockies probably split the Rockies vote, which is why... Yeah, that's true. It's why the other reason Goldschmidt is probably your answer. Really interesting that nobody from the Dodgers is likely to, to, you know, I mean, unless Justin Turner you know, uh, sort of has a crazy September and, and cause he's a little bit behind in the at bats. Uh, that's the thing. He missed, he missed 30 games at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And so he's sort of like, he's not going to have the counting numbers that really impress people. And like Seager doesn't Seager's doing his typical Seager's amazing thing, right, but exactly. he's, he's merely great. And like they did, they, everybody on that team is like, uh, is like has an 870 OPS, like every single person on the team. So there's not one guy. They don't have Stanton. They don't have Stanton or even Goldschmidt, really. They don't have the one guy who – they have Bellinger. He's the closest they you come, but he's also cooled off a little in the second half. And I think a bunch of Dodgers split the Dodger vote and a bunch of Rockies split the Rocky vote. And, I mean, I could be totally wrong. If Cody Bellinger hits 15 home runs in September, he'll win. Because the Dodge, because I think the narrative would suggest people want to give the award to a Dodger because of how good the team is. I just want to the say other, this. the last wild card, the craziest last wild card would be if Clayton Kershaw came back right. and well, like won his last five starts and ended up like twenty and two or something. I think it's possible that that uh, the Kershaw would get it right, which which would be legit in in its own way. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. I do want to say this though: Arizona leads the wild card race at the moment, so I think they're going to be in pretty decent shape. The Dodgers are twenty one games ahead of them. I mean, that's, isn't that crazy? That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's, it's truly nuts. The two, in fact. Both wildcard teams are going to come from the Dodgers division, and neither one of them is within 20 games it's, of the Dodgers. <laughs> within 20 games in August. In, in August, no, they're. I believe their magic number. They lost tonight, obviously, but I believe their magic number is like 18, and it's August 23rd. Like they're, they are going to clinch a playoff berth. It's 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 totally possible they clinch a playoff berth on Labor Day. I mean, it's it's really <laughs> it's insane. Nuts. It's nuts. And by the way, that's how they lose. They only lose when their pitcher throws like no hitters for nine innings, but they <laughs> can't right, score. Yeah. Right? Like that's the only way to beat them. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible. 
places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe. It's one last woe. Meaningless thing. All right, time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. And uh, do you want to go first? Well, I had my I, I mind changed over the course of this day because now my one last meaningless thing is that one of my favorite things about baseball is that when I saw that there was a game, a no hitter going into the 10th inning, you and I both had the same thought, which is Harvey Haddix. Yes. A player who was famous, who, who that when was that game? That was in the 50s or yeah, 60s, 50, right? 52. I mean, maybe. I mean, it, 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 yeah, a while ago. It's a long time ago, but if I say the name Harvey Haddix, you know exactly the situation. If I said to you, hey, we have a Hardy, Harvey Haddix situation, <laughs> you would know exactly what that meant. And you would probably conjure up in your mind the same photo that I would conjure up in my mind, which is Harvey Haddix whole, in the clubhouse holding up the, that, that ball yep. that has the number 12 on it. Remember, you know that photo oh, yeah. I'm talking about? <laughs> like we all, like people who, are, who love this game all share these incredibly obscure and weird photos and names like Harvey Haddix. I don't know a single other thing about Harvey Haddix, but I, but his name is instantly evocative of a very specific situation. That's I'm getting, I'm summoning my inner Tim Kirkchen here and saying that that is one of the great <laughs> things about this game is that like that on a, on August 23rd, Wednesday, August 23rd, 2017, somewhere out there is the spirit of Harvey Haddix and he's smiling because his name is being invoked by thousands of people just like you and me, and that's so kind of cool. great. It's so cool. The game was uh, May 26, 1959, 12 and two-thirds innings, one hit, uh, one unearned <laughs> run. <laughs> that's pretty good. And one walk, that's which wonderful. all came in the in the 13th inning. I mean, it's uh, that's right. Uh, it's nuts. All right. Uh, my one last meaningless thing is, I, I don't know, this is a little controversial. I don't really, uh, but I'm going to say it because it's, it's been bothering me. So I think we all would agree that we live in a nation where, you know, every other day you'll see a poll that'll show 25% of America believes something kind of crazy, like kind of just out sure. the, the world's flat or, or, you know, that aliens are among us or whatever, some, some weird thing. So, so we know that 25% of America is, uh, at least out there, you know, they're, they're just, they're out there. They're nutty. They're crazy. Okay. We went in this week, of course, was, was no, was famous for, uh, the eclipse. And we had the eclipse this week. And the one thing that basically, uh, you know, the day of the eclipse was very, very cool with all the photos and videos, but leading up to the eclipse, the only thing that mattered was telling people don't look into the sun cause you'll get blinded. Like, right. We heard that. 75,000 times, 75,000 times, get the glasses. Oh, those are not real glasses. And and if you look in the sun for even like one second, you're going to die. I mean, it's like the worst possible thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why are, why are like 50,000 people not blind right now? Why, where are the stories of all of the people who have been blinded by this eclipse? Because you know, people were looking at the sun, right? I mean, it's not like there's, there's no chance that, 500,000 people in America were not like staring right at the sun. And wouldn't there, shouldn't there be a follow-up on these people? I mean, isn't like, 
we never hear about. Like after Fourth of July, after fireworks, you always hear about. Yeah, this guy blew off his hand, and this there was a fire set or whatever. I've heard nothing about the people who have been blinded by this thing. There is an answer to your question. I would imagine that across the country and across uh, you know anywhere that the eclipse uh, in the eclipse path, I would guess that there are a couple hundred or thousand people who did damage to their eyes because they looked at the eclipse. I would imagine that there are. We just haven't heard of them. I think this is. It's sort of like when the potential of a hurricane is coming, and and basically they just they basically say oh, it's coming. It's coming. You need to get out of this town, whatever. I think that when it comes to this kind of thing, not just in America, I think all over the world, um, you need to completely overblow the the danger. Because I don't think anybody right. was like, I don't think anybody went into it going, oh, yeah, the variables or the No, I think everybody was like, if you look at the sun, you will go blind. I will also say, by the way, I believe this, we've now been talking for like an hour and a half. It's insane. What, I mean, like what, the what is the point? What is the point of what we're doing? Seriously. What is the point of doing <laughs> a 90 minutes long? Now. No, no. <laughs> no we, you're right, because it'll only make this longer, but 90 minutes is too long for two people to talk about baseball and nothing. I think like we could, we should either talk about baseball for 45 minutes and then separately talk about nothing for 45 minutes, or we should only talk about Nothing for 45 minutes, probably, because it's better than talking about baseball. <laughs> you're just saying we should divide this into two, meaning. I don't know what we should do. I, I know that no one has the time in their life, even if you're playing this at one and a half or two times speed. No one has the time to listen to a 90 minute podcast. <laughs> one or two times speed. What are they listening yes, to? Us uh, everyone, everyone. Let me officially recommend everyone listen to this on, on double time because there's no you can't you don't have time. You don't have time in your life. We, do you, I don't know how we have time to, to record this. How do you even do that? How do you even do something in double time? Like, they're, like there's very, no, every, they're not no, it's right like there. You hit, tape. No, on the, on the podcast app on your phone, you just hit a button. It has one, 1. 1.5x, 2x. You can go up to like 3 or 4x in some cases. <laughs> I just want to say that TJ, our, our producer, who is – God bless you, TJ. What in the world are you doing listening to this thing still? Uh, oh, he quit. Oh, he quit like hours ago. <laughs> no, he didn't because he just he just sent the message uh, mentioning that that's that's a pretty useful suggestion at the eighty nine minute mark. <laughs> which I think is fair, which I think is fair. Um, all right, well there you go. It's another it's another podcast in the books, is what it is. I guess he also. I'm just saying now. He sent us these messages. He also told us that Reese Hoskins. Just hit his seventh homer in his fourteenth major league game. That's and that good. it is he's pronounced better. Reese. It is pronounced yeah. Reese. So Aaron Aaron Judge. He's better than Judge. You heard it here first. Better than Aaron Judge. <laughs> <laughs> As always, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me.